Welcome to Real Talk. I am Tina. And I am Anne. We always start our week with an update of our week. And one of the things that I would like to share today is that, you know, I just had an absolutely great week. Hope it was an update on your recent speaking engagement. Yes. Oh, I I had an amazing opportunity to speak to about 500 people. I mean, it was packed um, how, on how professionals can help families with disabilities. It was an amazing day. You know, it was such a great opportunity for me to tell our story on top of being able to help professionals. That's one of the reasons why I liked it so much. They were the nicest, most receptive people. And someone actually said that I breathed energy back into their job. I mean, what what kind of a gift is that? And that they remembered why they started out in the field to begin with. You I know, love you that. do yeah, you do a job for such a you know, 10, 20 years and you know, the life just gets sucked out of you and it becomes about paperwork and things like that. And you kind of forget that what you're doing it for when you're serving people. So, I mean, that was really, it was a beautiful gift back to me. You know, whenever you get up and you're serving, you're helping others, actually what ends up happening is that you're the one that gets so blessed. So I was just so thankful. And another person said that they took a ton of notes, which that's probably one of the biggest compliments that I could get. And it made them realize that their job is much more than just tangibles. So I'm telling you, Tina, it was just a beautiful week. I knew they would love you. I am so happy to hear this. Yeah. Now, I do want to share a negative this week, and it's really bothering me. just want to talk just briefly about this. But it just shows the state of our world right now, I think. You know, my 10-year-old is probably one of the sweetest kids that you would ever meet. He always has a smile on his face and a hug for everybody. Unfortunately, you know the world the way it is, especially with kids that are 10 years old. You know, they're starting to do that separation from their parents and try to look cool and everything. And he just doesn't understand that. So we've had to teach him just to say, hey, you know, and wave your uh, hands at your friends to say, hey there, bud, you know, that kind of thing. Instead of just run up and do these ginormous hugs that he likes to do. So, you know, we try to tell him that even though I don't, I love that he's so kind, but I don't want him to look different. You know, I mean, for one thing, I hate that we have to train our kids to not be so friendly or not act as excited when they see someone because peers at that age are just not huggers, which I get you always ask to hug someone. And that is what we try to teach our kids, you know, ask, buddy, you know, just ask them if it's okay. And he's lower functioning, so he doesn't look like that. So it, you know, they just other his peers don't understand. Yeah. You know, I, the way I see it is at least he can still give those ginormous hugs and affection to his family. And yes, I agree with you. It is sad. Some of the things we have to teach our kids because, you know, other people don't understand or the world is just different than when our parents or our parents' parents were younger. 
But in one way, it is teaching uh, respect, if you will. You know, not everybody likes to be touched and hugged. So, you know, maybe maybe I can see it as a good balance. Yeah, it is. He just doesn't understand. I know. That's the hard part. Yeah. There's this story. There were two incidents that we had recently. We were walking after the last day of school. And this family was walking in front of us and our 10 year old was just saying hi to this older boy. They clearly knew each other. You know, my son knew his name. The kid turned around, saw my son, made a face at him, looked at his mom and dad and made a comment about my son. And they all looked back and then they ignored him. I mean, I know I was so mad I didn't say anything. Would you have said something? I mean, I I didn't know what to do. So that that really makes my heart hurt. It doesn't take a lot to be kind and to just say hi to someone. I don't know if I would have said anything. I probably would have been so shocked to see it happen because as a parent, I would say it's polite to teach your kids to say hi and not ignore someone. Right? It's really an easy thing to do. Exactly. I I had to say hi to someone today that I don't even like, but I'm not going to be rude. You know what I mean? So, yes. So on the other hand, I may have used the experience to teach them something as I've had to teach my boys this as they've been growing up. If someone doesn't want to play with you, find someone else who does. Okay. Or so in this instance, if someone doesn't want to say hi to you, find someone else who does. I tell my kids, don't waste time on people who aren't kind. You are so fun. There is plenty. There are plenty of other kids to play with. You know, I've seen my middle son uh, definitely on the playground. He's very, very creative in his play. He could just imagination play all day long. And not everyone's like that. I certainly wish I could be like that, but I struggle. So I see myself telling him the most to find other friends to play with. And while it makes my heart hurt, it also makes it happy that at times I've seen him do this on the playground, like, Oh, all right. They don't want to play. I'm going to go ask this person. And then he's okay. So I'm proud he's able to do it. Even if it hurts a little bit. You know, what I hate about these stories that we're telling is just that we're teaching our kids and, you know, you know, we had to deal with that kind of stuff too. I was bullied. I know that you had some incidents as well when you were younger. And I guess we're just preparing them for the real world, preparing them for adulthood because it happens when you're sad. It is. It makes me sad because I just want everybody to, you know, greet my kids with a welcoming love. And I don't understand. I, I don't understand why to be cruel. I mean, what's the point? There's another incident that happened. We were playing. It was really fun, actually. We had a blast. We went and played mini golf at our local library as a family. And the the mini golf just went through the entire library. I mean, it was genius that they did this because we got to see parts of the library we've never seen before. Awesome. But anyway, um, well, yeah, it was really cool. But one of the things that really made me upset was there was was this family that we know. I mean, I don't know the mom that well, but the kids have actually been to our house. And we could tell that, you know, I mean, they have a, a fairly 
good relationship with each other, my kids and these other two kids. And they were completely ignoring my, again, 10-year-old. He kept saying hi to the boy over and over again. The other boy would not respond. To some degree, I'm like, you know what? Maybe some kids are just shy and they don't want to say anything back and it isn't anything personal. So I have to take that into account. But yet I've seen him talk to a lot of other kids. So here my son is again. They come around the bend again and they're like, he's like, hi, hi to this boy. And he just makes a face at him, looks at his mom. His mom has her back turned to us. And I'm just like, gosh, this is so strange. And so finally, I did say something. I just said, you know, you are so nice. You are one of the nicest kids to my son. And I said it loud for them to to hear it. And I said, you know, some people are just not nice and they are rude. And they both you know, they turned around and they looked because they definitely heard me. But I I was kind of glad that they heard me. Why are people so mean to people who are different? I don't know, especially after this happened for a second time. I know this wasn't in the same day, these incidents, but I would have said that exact same thing. So well done, friend. I always tell my kids this quote from the movie Wonder. When given the choice between being right and being kind, always choose kind. I you know, don't I'm, know why that's so hard for people to understand. That is one of my favorite movies and books. I just, I just love Wonder. So many great messages out of that, that movie and book. Now, my son, you know, speaking of the book Wonder, it made me think of my son that I'm talking about when I was reading that book. My son looks very typical, though, but he is very low functioning and has DeGeorge syndrome and autism. So he doesn't understand social cues and he doesn't understand how a 10 year old should act because he's very emotionally immature. So I just want to put a shirt on him. Sometimes it says I'm different. Be nice. You know, even if I didn't know that about him, there is nothing atypical about him saying hi to people he knows or even if he doesn't know them nothing wrong with that. There's nothing that should be looked at as like, oh, why is he doing that? That's weird. Do you know what I mean? He's just being kind. That's it. I mean, those weren't even hugs. Those, they were just high. That was it. And he waved from across the way. You know, he was being just a sweetie like he normally is. So I don't know. I feel like I need to go with you next time. And we're going to teach these people about kindness. (laughs) We're going to hand them our card and say, we talked about you in our last episode. (laughs) You know, what's so crazy is our entire town here just has this be kind initiative and it's all over the place. And it's just like, come on, people. Can we just be kind? It's not too much to ask. You're right. You're right. It doesn't that. take anything to say hi back. I know we've been talking about this for a little while. So let's get back to the, let's get to the meat of our episode. Uh, so far, we've been talking about PTSD in our series and we've had, this is our actual fourth episode in our series. And so far we've talked about avoiding people, places, and things, memory loss, flashbacks, nightmares and sleep disturbance, hypervigilance, getting startled easily, 
depression and how shame, guilt, hopelessness, and anger can lead to depression, anger and how those same feelings of guilt and hopelessness can lead to anger. And then we finished up with how trauma can affect our memory and the difficult topics that we discussed last week of self-harm and suicide. So this episode, we are focusing on chronic pain and ways trauma can affect the body itself. Trauma can cause actual physical pain from an injury, but there's also chronic pain because of PTSD. So according to health.com, the two conditions do overlap. Somewhere between 15% and 35% of people with chronic pain also have PTSD, and that's according to the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Now, I know this to be true for my beautiful mom, and I can relate personally to this as well. When we had a stillborn baby in 2018, each anniversary of his birth, my body remembers. I can still feel some of the process all over again, physically and mentally. You know, Tina, that just amazes me. And we talked about this in one of our other episodes. And I think that it's a horrible thing and a beautiful thing at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I, again, I'm just so sorry that you go through that. But, you know, we all live anniversaries, deaths and losses, uh, we remember them. So it's just amazing that your body completely remembers that loss. Yeah, it absolutely does. Even if my mind would forget it, my body remembers. It is incredible. You know, Tina, I know how exhausting it can be to live in co constant hypervigilance or feeling like you are living in a survival mode or like you are going to be attacked and never being able to physically calm. I personally lived through that through my 20s and honestly, most of my childhood. I mean, that was me 24-7 growing up, well up to about at least 30, I would say. I was never able to calm because I lived in constant fear. If you live like that for such a long period of time, it has to have traumatic effects on your body. Yeah, absolutely. And anyone who's ever experienced any kind of trauma really should read the book, The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. It's been so helpful for me to put names to what I've experienced and what I still do experience and helpful in my healing journey. And I'm not even done with the book yet, but you're absolutely right. Traumatic effects on your body, long-term stress, they're stored there until they're healed. You know, every time that we mention that book, I have this visual of a tree and the rings around a tree and like there being a, a noticeable gash or something in the ring of the tree um, that it's keeping a score of everything that that tree has gone through. And it kind of reminds me too of what I always say, you know, our life is full of mile markers and uh, every single time there's something really tragic or good. It could be good too, but anything that makes our life take a completely different turn in our life and we never are the same again. We can never return bef back before that mile marker or before that um, tree, you know, whatever takes that score, your body is taking the score of what is happening in that journey. I mean, that's just such a visual for me. So I just thought that's that I would share visual. that. Yeah. Now, this is not necessarily pain, but this is 
another example of how trauma has affected my daughter's brain and her body. She has had so much trauma. It's just really a sad story. And she's so young, but she is on a lot of medication to help her calm. She would never sleep if she did not have this medicine. And the trauma she has endured has absolutely had effects on her body. Now, I'm not sure if she will ever be the same. I I don't think that she can be, honestly. Now, there are different kinds of trauma. She was actually exposed to drugs as a young baby and has a brain that has forever been altered because of it. So that is different. That's a different kind of physical trauma. She will never be able to have a brain that is calm without medication. Now, she was 18 months old living in a meth house and actually was sleeping in the room where they were making it. Oh, boy. She ingested it. She actually put her hand down where some of it was and she put it in her mouth and she ended up being in the hospital for a while and had some surgeries because of this. And on top of that trauma, She also had the lack of nutrition that she was exposed to, which caused another traumatic event to her body. And then the you add the trauma of abuse and neglect. It was just layer of layer of layer on top of this, you know, on her body. So that's kind of why I don't know where that visual of the tree came in, because I could almost picture the the circles of the layers within her that have already developed within inside within her body. So um, it has caused her such a great deal of pain. I wish I could reverse the time so that never happened to her. I'm so glad that we were able to adopt her and get her on the right medicines. So these symptoms though they are a lifetime, hopefully we can then keep them, keep her calm and help her be able to take care of this on her own as she ages. I wish none of this happened to her too. And while I know this wasn't the way it was supposed to be, how blessed she is to have you raise her and love her and guide her along her life journey. Well, we are blessed to have her and she's come so Far. And I can't imagine the life that she would have had if we wouldn't have had her. So we are just beyond blessed that it's, you know, it's reciprocal for sure. Now, her brother has been affected from fetal alcohol, trauma in the womb and after. So like I said earlier that he has a DeGeorge syndrome because of it and has many physical disabilities and neurological ones because of it. Plus he also lived in that same house and has had some of those same traumas and this all piled up and leads and it leads to a little boy with serious physical problems. So, you know, this got me thinking, what do you think about trauma before you are even born? Do you think that you can remember or feel that kind of effect from trauma when you were in utero or when you were too young to remember? I absolutely think and believe that. And I think that it's something that we should talk about in next week's episode. But before we go, we always like to end with a quote. And I know that you came up with a quote for this week's episode. And of course, it is a good one. Everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. I could not find who said this, but this hit me where I live. If I didn't push through fear, I wouldn't be here. And that is a fact. 
if I didn't do things through the fear and get to the other side, I would not be where I am in life. I've actually woken up in my life, woken up in my life and said to myself in complete shutdown fear, I'm going to just take a step and then another and then another. I have also, and I can't talk about it now because I have spoken about it in other episodes, but my dad's death was when I was 11 years old, it caused me to have a life stopping fear for decades after that. I associated success with fear and I had to push myself to always get to that next level. We can do it, my friends. We can make it together. Yeah, I I agree. I love that so much. I know there are so many times in my life where fear has stopped me in my tracks and I've had to have the mental capacity to push through it, even if it was just one step at a time. Thank you so much for listening to us on Real Talk with Tina and Anne. We will see you next week and we've got another great episode for you then.